Welcome back to the Prize Podcast, where we talk about living out faith in sports and learn what it means to compete for Christ. Fixing our eyes on the eternal prize Paul writes about in 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27. Welcome back for season two of the Prize Podcast. I cannot think of a better way to start out this season than with an interview with one of my very best friends, Meg Burns. Meg, welcome to the podcast. Maddie, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I've listened to every episode in season <laughs> one, and I'm so excited to be on the podcast. Oh, well, this is going to be awesome. So Meg is originally from Ankeny, Iowa. She's a sophomore this year at the University of Nebraska Kearney, where she's a guard on the women's basketball team. She picked up a basketball when she was just five years old, so she's been playing the game for a while. So what is it about basketball that you love? I think I grew up in a family where we all loved basketball and we really bonded around basketball. And from a young age, I just it was something that I tried out and my older brother played and I really looked up to him when I was younger and I decided to give it a try and fell in love with it at a really young age and just loved how competitive it was and how much it pushed me and challenged me. And I just love every aspect of the game and the relationships that it's brought me and the fun that I've had and the experiences that I've gotten from it. That's awesome. So much of what you just said in those like three or four sentences describes so much of you. You're talking about your family, about working hard, building relationships, being driven, all those types of things that basketball has taught you and has given you those types of experiences in life. After living with you for a year and now seeing you every single day, I've learned a lot about you, including the fact that family, basketball, and faith are all really important to you. So let's dive into the faith side of things. Can you tell me a little bit about your faith story? Yeah, I was very blessed to grow up in a Christian home with two very loving parents um, who showed me every day what it meant to live like Christ. And we grew up regularly attending church and we would say prayers together every night as a family and just getting involved in youth groups and stuff, attending that every week growing up is what really, really encouraged me to get into my faith. But it wasn't until about, I would say, sophomore year of high school where I really started to grow my faith more and realize the significance that it had in my life. And for a long time, I saw my faith as something very separate from the rest of my life. So, you know, I went to church and that's where God was. And I went to school and that's where my friends and my homework was. And then I would go to basketball and that's where basketball was. And God just always stayed at church. And that was that was the time that I had with him. And it wasn't until high school where I started to get more involved in, in my church um, and in FCN high school was a huge part of my faith journey. And it was those things that encouraged me to bring Christ into every aspect of my life, take him to school with me, take him to practice with me and not just leave him at church on Sunday. Meg, that is so good. And I think that's something that a lot of people struggle with is just this idea that God is only at church. And you go, you walk in through the church doors, you get there, that's your time with the Lord. And then the other six days of the week are for us. We get to do with him whatever we want and whatever pleases us and satisfies us. So that is definitely something that you're not alone in. And I think a lot of people struggle with and have a hard time with. Talking about kind of compartmentalizing your life into different pieces. You've got basketball, your friends, church, school, and it's all these different pieces of your life and they don't ever connect. So specifically, what was it like for you in a time when you separated sports and faith? It was very me focused. I mean, I went to practice and all I wanted to do was 
show off my abilities and I wanted to glorify myself and make an image for myself and I wanted to make myself look good rather than worrying about you know my teammates and how I can serve them and love them and and be an image bearer of Christ I was more of an image maker for myself yeah that's a really good way to word that um how did you see kind of it sounds like pride so how did you see that pride coming out like was it harmful uh for your relationships with your teammates or your coaches or anything like that I would say it was very internal. Like, I think on the outside, I pretended that I wasn't making it all about myself. But in my mind, I wanted everything to be about me. I wanted everyone to see that I was this amazing basketball player and that I was really good. And I wouldn't act like it on the outside. Like, I would still encourage my teammates because, you know, you're taught at at a young age to be a good teammate and support your teammates. So I would do those things, but it wasn't it wasn't genuine, I feel like, yeah. when I was younger. Yeah. Because deep down inside, I was like, I don't really care. I just want everything to be about me. Right. Man, thank you for talking about that and just being honest about that because, wow, I know I've struggled with the same thing in my life, too. It's just, it's very easy to outwardly display that I am a Christian and therefore I am going to do the right things and say the right things. But that doesn't mean that there's not actually a lot of pride or a lot of mental battles going on on the inside that nobody else really sees. And then it makes it really difficult because, I mean, I don't know about you, but for me, it makes it feel like my life is constantly me trying to cover up, Mm -hmm. trying to cover up my flaws and the ways that I'm falling short and things like that. So thanks for sharing that. Yeah. And I think, too, part of it is the outward expectations, like the people on the outside are saying, like, you need to be perfect and you need to show off and you need to be the best. Yeah. And I think when I was younger, that's all I listened to was the outside noise. Right. And I lost track and lost sight of what was truly important. Yeah. No, that's so true and so relatable because the world is very noisy and constantly pulling us away from the fact that as Christians, we are supposed to come humbly before the Lord. And pride is a very sinful part of who we are as human beings. And so the problem is that when we start listening to the voices around us and listening to the expectations that the world gives us is that all of a sudden we start to find our value and our identity and our self-worth and things like that. And I mean, I found in high school, whenever I had a great basketball game, like people would come up to me and congratulate me and they would hype me up and talk about how excited they were to watch me play more. But then if I had a bad game, I didn't hear from very many people. And so during the time when I was really, I was really finding my worth and what other people said about me and affirmations from other people, that made it really difficult because all of a sudden I'm placing my confidence in something that's changing. I'm placing my confidence in my performance because the way that other people would see me was based upon my performance. But in reality, it was a matter of realizing that the way that God sees me is based upon his grace, not based Mm -hmm. upon anything that I have done. So with that kind of flip and mindset, what were some of the things that made you realize that faith and sports actually do go together? It was definitely my involvement in FCA. Our high school did a really great job. Um, So as soon as I got to high school, I started attending our FCA huddles. We did them every other week. And then my junior year, I joined the leadership team. So I helped lead every huddle that we had. And that really taught me a lot about what it meant to bring faith into sports. Yeah, that's really good. 
FCA has been a huge part of a lot of people's stories and a lot of athletes' stories in particular, just because that is kind of what FCA is known for is how do we actually apply what we're learning to sports? Because as an athlete, especially as a college athlete, how much of your day revolves around basketball? Probably four to five hours right? in season. Yeah. Yes. And then on top of that, the mental work, right? And like you're planning your meals around basketball practice or your games, you're planning your outfit, what you're wearing <laughs> that day, like literally yes. everything, right? Revolves around basketball. And so like you talked about at the beginning, it's really dangerous when we start to compartmentalize and say that, well, our faith is only at church and then the rest of the time is my time. And that's really dangerous because as a college athlete or as just an athlete in general, you spend so much time around your sport that that kind of becomes your own little world. And so FCA has been a great resource for so many people to figure out, okay, how can I actually bring Christ into my sport? We'll continue to unpack that as the episode comes along. I'm sure more FCA themes are going to come up. But why is it that you decide to play for Christ every single day? We've kind of talked about like the expectations and the pressures of the world and how the world's way is much different than God's way. So why do you decide to play for Christ? So this is something that you know about me, but I am a huge perfectionist. And part of that is I don't want to make a mistake, but I also feel like when I do make mistakes, I'm letting people down. So those two things combined result in me putting so much pressure on myself to perform and be perfect again, which is something that the world expects of us. And everybody in the crowd is like, oh, you got to be perfect or you didn't have a good game. Right. And they all, everyone's obsessed with stats and all that stuff. And sometimes I get caught up in that being a perfectionist. I don't like missing shots. I don't like turning the ball over. I don't like messing up plays and I want to do everything perfect. But when I'm able to focus on something bigger than myself and bigger than the result of a possession or a play, it gives me so much freedom. And that freedom allows me to play without pressure, without feeling like I need to do everything perfect. And I can step outside of myself and just have fun while I play and just play free and play the game that I know I am capable of playing because yeah. of everything and all the time that I've put into my sport. Yeah, that is so good. Preach, Meg. That's <laughs> awesome. But what you're talking about, that freedom, that is one of the biggest draws, I think, to Christianity because of what Jesus has done for us. We have freedom in Christ. And exactly what you're talking about, the pressures of the world and the expectations and the weight and everybody telling you that you need to be perfect and that they're focused on the stats. And so if you aren't putting out great stats and you're not the top scorer, well, then you're not near as important. And that creates a huge, huge load of pressure for athletes to try to live up to these crazy expectations when in reality, very, very few people are actually able to do that. And so it is, it's a, it's a world of constant stress and constant striving, striving to try to be good enough for all the people around you. And in reality, you know, you're going to fall, fall short. And like you talked about, then it hurts because you're disappointing people. It's a really hard cycle to get stuck in and it's hard to get out of it. So the fact that you found freedom in Christ is really, really cool. And the freedom in Christ, I mean, it goes in all aspects of life, right? Like we are free because we know who we are in Christ and we know that we belong to the King of Kings. And if the whole world rejects us or if the whole world thinks that we don't have value because we don't perform well, we know that we can still come to the King of Kings and know that we are chosen and we are loved in him. 
So can you describe a time that Christ has impacted you during a competition? I don't know that I can name a specific time, but there have been many times where Christ has impacted me. And I'm very conscious of my thoughts during workouts. Yes. And I know like if I've had a couple bad plays and I'm just very in my head about, you know, my lack of perfection for a while, I am able to catch those and then do a quick evaluation kind of and just ask myself a couple simple questions like, okay, like, is this beneficial to you? How is this impacting your performance? And what and how can you change that? So normally when this is happening, I'm very focused on me and focused on what I am doing. Right. And how I am performing. And then I have to say, okay, is that the right mindset that you should be having right now? How is that helping you? Because I find that when I am so focused on trying to be perfect, I actually perform not as I want to. Yeah. Like I start to make more mistakes. So then once I've realized that my performance is actually not doing as well because of these thoughts, I just immediately am like, okay, this next possession is not for me. It's for God. And I completely switch my perspective. And I'm like, the next shot, the next play, whatever it is, it's not for me. And I'm competing for an audience of one, not competing to impress my teammates or impress my coaches or I'm not going to put pressure on myself to perform well. I'm just going to completely give whatever I can for Christ. Give all my effort because if I can give all my effort, I was perfect in that situation. Right. Because perfection for God is not making every shot or having perfect stats. Yes. Perfection for God is did you give everything that you had because ultimately that's what Christ did for us. Right. And that's another thing that um, impacts me a lot during competition is actually this quote that I have hanging in my locker in the gym so I can read it um, every day before practice. And it's from the book, The Handbook on Athletic Perfection. Oh, yeah. And the first time that I read this, this quote has stuck with me. And it said, Jesus always gave what he had to give. He refused to let his desire for personal comfort stifle his purpose in a situation. Instead of looking at the discomfort of pain, look at the opportunity you have to express your love for God in your athletic performance. If your attitude is one of intense desire to represent Jesus, you will often find you have more to give when you th than you think. And so this one really comes to mind when adversity hits, yes. when you're tired, when you don't feel like you can go on. Especially this one hits me a lot more in the weight room when I'm doing my reps and I'm like, I got five reps and I'm on rep four and I'm like, I don't know if I can do rep five. Yeah. And I just remember this verse, like Christ endured so much suffering on the cross. Like he completed it he fought it off all the way till the end and he never looked at himself and said I'm tired I mean he looked at us and said I want to see you again someday in heaven and right. that was his mindset he didn't he didn't look at his discomfort he looked at us and said I love you and so we have an opportunity to do the same thing for him when we feel tired we need to refuse to look at ourselves, and instead look at the opportunity we have to express our love for God yeah. and honor him in that situation. Man, okay, everybody needs to back up about two <laughs> minutes. Listen to all of that all over again because that was so good. And you're talking about the mindset that we have. And Proverbs 4.23 talks about how we need to be careful about how we think because our life is shaped by our thoughts. And so the first thing that you talked about is how your struggle comes back to your thoughts because it's an inward struggle of trying to compete for me and pride and all those types of things. Perfectionism, right? Goes right along in there. And so it goes back to your thoughts and you made the comment that you are aware of what you think about. 
And that's like the first step is to think about what you think about. Like be aware of the thoughts that are passing through your mind because I guarantee you there's a lot. And so now it's really neat to see how you've used your faith as a groundwork, as a foundation that you can build off of. So that when those thoughts come, because a majority of those thoughts are lies, lies that Satan has planted to try to pull you away from the calling that God has for your life and from the relationship that he has for you and your identity and who you are in Christ. And so when you don't have faith as a foundation, all you know are the lies and that's all you're believing. Mm -hmm. And so it's really cool to see how you have the faith to come back to and to combat those lies with some sort of truth and with the truth. Yes. So once you have those, once you have that truth that you are able to combat the lies with, then all of a sudden your thoughts start to become more of a mindset and a mindset that you have, like you mentioned, that is similar to the mindset that Christ had and to the attitude that he had. Because when he went to conquer the cross, I mean, that was exhausting. That was one of the worst forms of physical pain and torture that a person could have ever endured. And then on top of that, he's got all the mental and emotional pain too. I mean, his friends have completely betrayed him and left him. And at the same time, he's questioning the father's plan for his life. Why does he have to go through with this? There's all this agony and despair and heartache and hurt. And Jesus pushes through all of that because of the mindset that he has, because he loves us and because he wants to spend eternity with us. So you had kind of touched on the fact that as athletes, we experience this a lot when we're tired, especially in the weight room. That was a really good example. So similarly to what we just talked about with Christ, how, yes, I'm sure he was tired, right? Like he fell carrying the cross at one point and men had to come and help him, right? Like Christ is exhausted from everything that's led up to the point of the crucifixion, but it's about that attitude and that mindset. So for you, when you get to the point in sports where you are tired, what helps you and what kind of attitude and mindset do you have? Yeah, I think a lot of athletes can relate to this. I mean, workouts pretty much every day you reach a point where you are just exhausted and you feel like you can't go on. And those lies set, start to set in and all you can think about is how tired you are and how much you want to give up or how much you want to stop. But when I think about this, I'm just reminded of how much Christ did endure, but he completed what he started. Right. He did not give up. He never looked at himself. I mean, again, he wasn't focused on his own comfort. And he didn't just say, I'm done. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. And so what a great opportunity we have in those moments where we feel like we can't go on to honor and glorify God and just express it's almost an expression of gratitude absolutely god you did all this for me so i can do this for you right now i can experience this temporary pain for everything that you endured yeah and so that gives me that extra push and that extra encouragement to say to like step out of myself and focus on the opportunity that i have to express my love and gratitude for the things that christ did for me right rather than focusing on the lies that tell me like you're too tired you can't finish like you need to stop like no because Christ didn't stop for you right so you can complete this yes Meg that is so good so what I'm hearing you say is that all of this comes back to the gospel all of it comes back to the fact that Christ died the death that we deserved he took our place so that we could spend eternity with him like he would rather die than live without us 
That's the kind of love that he had. And that's the kind of love that he still has for us. The fact that you have experienced that love and you know that is so evident in your life and so evident in the way that you live because truly everything that you're saying is a response to the gospel. You've heard the message of the gospel countless times in your life, but at some point you heard it and you didn't just walk away. You heard it and you walked away a new person. And you said, okay, God, this is all for you because I am in awe of who you are. And I am in awe of your grace and your love for me. So that's so cool, Meg. Thank you. We were talking um, a little bit ago about the truth versus the lies and the mindset that that creates. So part of knowing the truth is knowing God's word. Has there been any verse that has grounded you or been really impactful for you in your faith journey or specifically with sports? Yeah, this year I recently fell in love with Hebrews 12, 1 through 3, and it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great crowd of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. And I just love this verse. Every single piece of it just speaks yes. to how we can compete. Right. I mean, the first part, therefore we are surrounded by such a great crowd of witnesses. Like we as athletes have so many people that follow us, that watch us compete and little kids that look up to us and right. in hopes of becoming like us someday. And so we have this great crowd and a great platform and opportunity to be an image bearer of Christ in the way that we compete. And the next part, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And because that we have such a great crowd of witnesses, we are encouraged by this next part to be mindful of our actions. So when I'm competing and playing basketball, I'm mindful of how am I responding to adversity, to a bad call? Right. How am I responding to an opponent who is getting super aggressive and really frustrated? Like, how am I responding when I'm not playing well? Am I responding well or am I getting super frustrated and lashing out at my teammates or at my coaches? Yeah. Like, because people are watching. They're very aware of that. And then it goes on to say, and let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. And so God didn't promise that things would be easy. Right. Like we would face trials and we would face adversities, but we're able to fix our eyes on him and overcome all of those. And through that, he builds our character. Yes. And then it goes on to say, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So that's what we were just talking about. Yep. Everything that Christ went went through. And now you have an opportunity to glorify him and honor him for everything that he's done for you. And just to show and express how much love you have for him and how much gratitude you have for the things that he's done yes. for you. So I just love this verse. Every part of it just speaks to me so much in how I can compete for Christ. Yeah, Meg, that's so good. I love this verse. It just sets my heart on yes. fire. It is so good. And I know we've had many conversations about it before and just about the power behind it. And like you said, the relatability for athletes. And if you've never read that passage or heard that passage, it was Hebrews 12 verses 1 through 3. 
And it is so good and especially really good for athletes because it's so applicable to what we're doing. And I loved how you pointed out that we are surrounded by a huge crowd of witnesses because the sports world is huge. Like sports culture is everything, especially in the United States. Like it's crazy how important sports are and everybody's watching eyes on you. And that's exactly what we talked about at the very beginning was about the pressure from the outside and about people constantly measuring how you're doing to the stats and to other teams. And that's where we lose the sense of freedom is when we get caught up in what everybody else around us thinks and is telling us and where they place our value. And you also made the point that as a witness, that means that people are watching us. And so people can watch us and they can see the light of Christ or they can see our pride and our sinful nature coming out from us. As it went on to talk about, let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us. God has a race for each one of us. And it's not, your race is not my race. And my race is not our teammates race. Like we all have an individual race that God has marked out for us and marked out for our lives. And so when we get caught up in the comparison trap and looking, well, Meg's further along than I am, so I'm not doing very well. But that's not true because God has a race set out for each one of us. And he doesn't call us to be better than the people beside us. He just calls us to respond with faithfulness and obedience and to take a step further every single day in the race that he has laid before us. And so when we focus on, okay, God, how can I honor you and glorify you in this moment, rather than focusing on what everybody else is doing around us, that allows us to, as the verse says, fix our eyes on Jesus. And this is exactly what you were just talking about in your whole mindset switch. This verse lays it out perfectly how you recognize the thoughts that you're having, but then you're able to ultimately end up switching your perspective to where you have an eternal perspective and you've fixed your eyes on Jesus. You've remembered the weight of what he has done for us on the cross. And then that compels you, then that motivates you to continue to compete for Christ and to change the way that you think and the way that you act. Yes, I love this verse and I believe that it can impact so many athletes because it targets every part of being an athlete. It targets how we should think, how we should act, and what our purpose is for both of those things. Yes. It's so good. I love it. Yeah. Oh, that was really good. Now on the court, we've talked a lot about like your mindset and your perspective on things, but when it comes to actually stepping onto the court, what are some ways that you actually live out your faith? I would say the biggest thing that I try to do is serve, serve my teammates and just show up for them and encourage them because, I mean, we've talked so much about how mental sports are. Yes. And when you can give a teammate an extra bit of encouragement and just see how that changes the way that they look at the next possession, I think that's so encouraging. So I do everything that I can to serve my teammates well and just speak life into them during practice and even just small things like rebounding for them or sending them a quick text and just showing them that I truly care about them and want to want the best for them. Right. And want to see them succeed. Yeah. Those small random acts of kindness always go a long way and have a bigger impact than oftentimes we think. Aside from that, I know that you and I have had lots of conversations about doing sports God's way, which is uh, this teaching material that FCA has come up with. And it just gives athletes very applicable ways to live out their faith and 
be, like you said, ambassadors for Christ and image bearers for Christ through athletics and through sports. So would you be able to touch on a couple of pieces of doing sports God's way that have really impacted you? Yeah, there have been two specifically that have really stood out to me as we've been working through the Doing Sports God's Way um, series in our Team FCA huddles. And the first one, it just talks about our purpose and our goal, which is to conform to the image and likeness of Jesus Christ through our athletic performance. And we talked a lot about goal setting, and we can set goals, um, some realistic, some sort of unrealistic. Like if you have a goal to win a championship and that doesn't happen, then you're just going to be left with disappointment. Or if you say, I want to score this many points in this game and you get to the end of the game and you're two points short, you're left with disappointment. So ultimately, the almost worldly, selfish goals that we set are always going to leave us disappointed. But when we are focused on conforming to the image and likeness of Jesus Christ through our athletic performance, it takes all the pressure off of trying to achieve the goals that you set for yourself. And all you have to do is focus on how you're acting and how you're competing for Christ. Right. And what does that look like? Yeah. And like you said, we have like these other goals that we set. Like sometimes I call them like surface level goals. You know, I want to score this many points. I want to be able to play this many minutes. Uh, We want to win a championship as a team. Like all those goals are good things because they drive us to be better and to work harder. But ultimately, if you only have those goals, like you said, if you don't achieve them, you're left very disappointed. And even if you do achieve them, like if you win a championship, you're going to celebrate for a week probably. And then after that, what are you going to do? You're going to get back in the gym because it's time to win another one. Like Mm -hmm. one's not enough. There's always more. It's this constant chase and strive. So those goals ultimately won't satisfy us. So there's nothing wrong with them, like you said, but... It's a matter of what is our primary goal? What is our primary focus? What is our purpose in doing all of this? Yeah, for sure. So that has been a very impactful part of doing sports God's way for me. And the other one is this idea of idols and who do we worship? Because we live in a world where it we idolize sports yeah. and they are everywhere. I mean, we follow sports teams and we value their their success and everyone is always looking forward to the next big football game or the next big basketball game or whatever it is and so we just live in a world that is consumed by sports and sometimes we can get caught up in that and we can find ourselves worshiping sports rather than worshiping Christ right and this has been so impactful for me because there have been many times where I find myself worshiping and idolizing my sport and putting it on a higher pedestal than my relationship with Christ. And so I have to be conscious in making sure that I'm making time for Christ every day to grow in my faith because we commit a lot of time to our sports. As we talked about earlier, like when we're in season, we're probably spending four to five hours at the gym just watching film, practicing, weightlifting, all of that stuff. Right. And so if we're consumed with our sport it in a way can become our idol. And so when we're also able to focus on worshiping Christ through our athletic performance, it helps us not to idolize our sport as much. Right. And focus on worshiping Christ and Christ alone Mm -hmm. because we can only worship one thing. Right. Jesus says that you can't serve two masters, right? And ultimately a good way to check, like, what are you worshiping is to look at where do you find your value? 
do you find your value? Do you actually find your value in what Christ says about you? Or do you find your value in what everybody else says about you after a game or after a practice? Where do you find your value? What do you have a deep love and respect for? And that's ultimately what you're worshiping. So part of that is having the humility to be able to do a heart check and to be like, okay, no, actually, what am I idolizing? What am I worshiping? So what does it look like for you to switch that and to worship God alone on the court? I think it starts off the court. Are you prioritizing your faith? Yeah. Am I putting God first? Like, am I waking up in the morning and starting my day in prayer, starting my day in his word, and throughout the day talking to him and furthering and growing our relationship? Because you can't you can't expect to bring your relationship with God onto the court, onto the field with you if you don't already have one outside of your sport. Amen, girl. You can't worship him in your sport if you can't worship him outside of it. Right. And so it starts, I mean, before practice, you know, saying a prayer or doing a quick devotional. I have a little FCA devotional that I keep in my bag. And so if I have time before practice, sometimes I'll open it up, read it quick, and um, and then always making sure and prioritizing spending time with him. Right. And focusing your mind on him before you enter the court or the field or whatever yeah. it is that you're going into. Otherwise, you're going to get so focused on other things that just aren't as important. Right. And so much of this is based upon your relationship with Christ. But if you don't have a relationship with Christ, like what do you have to base any of this off of? And so I love that you're hitting on the importance of Bible study and prayer and fellowship with other believers and just finding little ways to recenter your focus on Christ and remember, okay, what is my goal? Because those things can often be overlooked, but they are so essential to our spiritual growth. Spending time in the word and spending time talking to God. We have 24-7 access to the creator of the universe. Amen. I mean, does it get much better than that? (laughs) Like, we have that, but so often we push it away. And I mean, myself included, it can be really hard to stay in that routine and to stay disciplined about it. But ultimately, that's what we need to do. And Mm -hmm. why wouldn't we do it? Remembering, going back to the fact that Jesus gave it all for us. So why would we not spend our lives worshiping and adoring him and who he is? Mm -hmm. And I find when... I don't prioritize our relationship mm-hmm. and I don't prioritize prayer and Bible study. Like I can feel it. Like yes. I feel distant from God and I don't feel like I'm living for him. Right. And I start to drift away and I can I can feel those things. Yeah. And so it's so important to me because I don't want to lose sight of God in my throughout my days. Yes. And so you just have to prioritize that time and you have to schedule it because I know too if I don't schedule that time it's probably not going to happen right and so then as I go about my day I'm going to lose sight of Christ and I don't want to do that yeah it takes intentionality yeah we have 24 7 access like you said yep and we have to take advantage of that right for sure Mm -hmm. so you kind of just might have said it I don't know but the last thing I want to ask you is what encouragement or advice do you have for other athletes? And aside from spending the time in the Word, because that was really good. But do you have anything else that you would want to share? Yeah, I won't repeat that again, but I definitely <laughs> would recommend that if you don't do that already. But the other thing I would have is just remember why you play your sport. I mean, from the time you are younger, you probably picked it up because you loved it. Right. Like you, there are so many things that you enjoyed about your sport. So just don't lose sight of why you why you play yeah. and just make sure that you have fun while you do it. And I know when I just take all the pressure off myself 
to be perfect because I'm a big perfectionist when I'm able just to let go of that and just focus on having joy and having fun with what I'm doing it changes how I practice and how I compete and it just makes everything a lot more exciting absolutely because there's just no pressure you're just having fun playing the sport that you love and the sport that God has gifted you with yes yes that joy is so essential it's one of the fruits of the spirit and the Bible says that the joy of the Lord is my strength and so on the times that we grow weary and the times that we question what we're doing which happens a lot as an athlete right <laughs> yes in those times being able to think back why do I play like part of it, a huge part of it, I guarantee you, is the joy, the love that you have for the game and the joy that it brings. And so just as we've been talking about this whole time, growing that relationship with Christ, being filled with the joy of the spirit, a joy that is not dependent upon circumstances and a joy that ultimately it does. It gives you strength to keep going because it comes from a greater source, right? It's not just what we see right in front of us. Meg? You crushed it, girl. Thank you so much for sharing your heart and for being so honest about things that you've struggled with and then also for showing us the beauty of the work that God has done in your life. And thank you for being such an example to other people and just the way that you run your race and you run the race that God has marked out before you. So thank you for this, Meg. Maddie, thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy I finally got to do this. Yes. and. Um, I know all the episodes in uh, season one, some part of them impacted me. So it's so cool what you're doing with this podcast. I know it's impacting a lot of lives and I just, and I know it will continue to do that because it's impacted me so much. Well, thanks, Meg. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks for listening to the prize podcast. Join us next time as we continue talking about competing for Christ. Christ.